It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming The Morning Side Hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, soda... Pop, Coke, who's right, and who's very wrong. Plus, the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, today is March 12th. No, no, it's not March. March, why did I say March? May. Now I'm wondering if every May other 12th. episode... Have I been saying March? <laughs> <laughs> all week? Oh all no, week? if we have... <laughs> May 12th, 2020, and we have a holiday to celebrate. Goodness gracious. I am kind of worried now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. It is National Limerick Day. National Limerick, Limerick, Limerick. It's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <sighs> National Limerick Day, held National every Lime year. Limerick Day. Limericky Day. Listen, I at least knew that it was Limerick. Because <laughs> saying Limerick is very much within <laughs> the possibility of who I am. Uh, National Limerick Day, held every year on May 12th, pays homage to the man who made the short poems widespread. Edward Lear. Lear, an English poet who is known for his nonsense style, often writing with made-up words, telling tales of quagwal waggles and... That is not how you pronounce that made-up word. <laughs> quagwal wag. Quang, quangle wangles, I'm almost certain is how Qua that's pronounced. It's a made-up word. You can't <laughs> tell me how to pronounce it. I pronounce it how I see it. Uh, and runcible spoons? Okay. Runcible spoons. <laughs> Obviously, I did not read any of Edward Lear's work. Uh, he wrote 212 limericks. And you couldn't read one of them? Apparently not. Jeez. Most of which didn't follow <laughs> with specific rhyming rules of the... Rhyming rules of the style, although the by definition limericks have five lines, leers were often shown in three or four to give space to his accompanying illustrations and drawings. The favorite of his, there was an old man of Peru who watched his wife making a stew, but once by mistake in a stove she did bake, that unfortunate man of Peru. <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> That's messed up. Right? <laughs> the origin of the poem's name is a bit disputed, but most people believe it comes from the Irish city of Limerick. With just five lines, the first two rhyming with the fifth line and the third and fourth lines rhyming together. Limericks are quick, funny poems. Although popularized by Lear, limericks first started to emerge in England in the 18th century. Most limericks begin by describing a person and place, and then the rest of the lines describe that person's actions. Limer limericks can be vulgar or crude and are often inappropriate. Lear liked it that way. He considered clean limericks to be average at best. That's why I'm surprised you haven't heard more of them. You know, I may have to go look them up. I like inappropriate and crude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so Kanye West. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, Megan Oaks. We <laughs> 
you've been doing the show for a very long time. I figured you'd know my name by now. Kanye West uh, jumped on our radar last year with the release of his album, and we were all for it. You know, yeah. really cool, a lot of good stuff. And then, you know, we kind of expected things to blow up, like something to go wrong, and then nothing did. And, you know, really good album. Yeah. He seems to be doing all right. Life moved on. Yeah. Haven't really heard anything about Kanye West. This is not so much a controversy or anything bad. It's just weird. Okay. For the time being, Kanye West seems to be done with man-made constructs like time, space, money, and most likely to the detriment of those around him, the human language. It's a dubious move for a musician who has built a majority of their career on the recorded spoken word. He said in a new cover story from GQ, I think words are one of our lowest forms of communication. Music, sound, food, dancing are nonverbal forms of communication. We get so wrapped up into words, we got to make things that are speechless. We have to make things that leave people speechless. We have to make things to the level where no one can say anything. Doesn't totally not make sense, right? I mean, right. That, 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 I can get com- that. completely see where he's going with sure. that. But it goes on. There's also an issue of West calling music a nonverbal form of communication, which seems to discount a wide swath of musical professions, including singers, songwriters, rappers, all of whom tend to use words. But from there, West reveals he's been replacing human sounds with beeps. The greatest freedom is to challenge the vernacular, West continued, or add something to the vernacular. I saw Matt Williams, who is uh, an Alex designer and former Donda member, in a hotel lobby at Mercer a couple weeks ago. And right when I saw him, I started communicating in like beep sounds. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> he said it was uh, similar to the beginning of a Bobby Digital song. Uh, in the early 2000s, R- RZA played a character aptly named Bobby Digital who would beep like a late 90s modem as a form of communication. Over the past few years, West has taken to replacing lyrics on his albums with screeches and screams, which at the time seemed like either a visceral attempt to convey meaning or a convenient way around finishing rushed songs. Now, it's unclear whether this was West's first shot at a post-verbal existence or not. When asked if Williams uh, returned his beep communications, West said, we hugged and started using memories to attempt to communicate the future. I mean, look, (laughs) I believe this all along. Kanye West is either just kind of out there, or he is a genius of another level that we just can't understand. Maybe one day he will be right, and we will all just be beeping at each other. That's after... We transmit all of our brain activity into computers like we talked about last week. Because that's coming. And we're all going to live forever and we're going to communicate through beeps. Nope. (laughs) Sorry to tell you. Burst in your bubble. (laughs) But I mean, it's just... Put a pin right What do you do? What do you do when you're the other person and someone comes up to you genuinely talking to you in beep language? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like... 
if you were to come up to me and start beeping, I'd beep back. <laughs> but but a... if it were... I'm trying to think of somebody I haven't seen in a long time. If it were my college roommate who came up to me and started beeping out of nowhere, like this is the first time that we've seen each other in several years, and she just comes up to me beeping, I'm going to be like, uh, are you... Yeah, having, you having some a sort stroke, of weird stroke or <laughs> like is everything okay? Do I need to call an ambulance? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like if it if it's somebody who I have an ongoing friendship with, a relationship with, and I see on a regular basis, I would give in to the fun of it. <laughs> but but you it, also wouldn't really be communicating. You'd just be making noises at each other. But would you? I convey, don't know though. Would you I don't convey know. A message? Here's the thing. Like I feel like. And think about you and Daedra. We have been married long enough to our spouses that at this point we can look at each other and communicate without saying much of anything. Oh, sure. There is nonverbal communication. But if I were to beep at Daedra tonight, she is not going to know what I'm saying. <laughs> she might. <laughs> well, it depends on, I guess, other Exactly. <laughs> well, no. you got to combine <laughs> that with facial expressions and... That's the thing. Other you can't tell me that he just walked up to him and went beep 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 beep. beep, beep. There was other forms of communication going on. Beep 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 beep. AOL instant messenger noise. <laughs> Facebook ding. I'm just saying. Like, it sounds like something stupid I would do. Um. But it would definitely be followed up with a dialogue <laughs> between myself and the other person that involved English words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, coming up next, live one day at a time. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off the second hour with five random facts. Five random facts. A principal once punished a mischievous student by sending him to the basement and making him read the U.S. Constitution until he could recite it from memory. That student, Thurgood Marshall, eventually went on to become the first black Supreme Court justice. Dope. Punish him. You never know how it's gonna, how it's <laughs> gonna impact. Punishment is a good thing. It is folks. when done correctly. <laughs> Throughout the entire run of TV show Parks and Recreation, Jerry screws up ninety-five times. I don't think that takes into account the special from last week, though. I, I didn't watch the special. You didn't watch it? No. It was all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's set up as an episode. It's not like a, after. It's not set after the finale. It's set in April 2020, uh. which was a time period that they skipped. Okay. Right? Um, and so it's set up in the kind of weird middle time that we don't know about. And they're communicating via the Grizzle face app, whatever. And it starts like with a phone tree kind of thing to make sure everybody's doing okay. Set up by Leslie. And so... They're pretty creative with it. They had to get creative, especially with 
explaining why April and Andy are on different cameras and Anne and Chris are on different cameras. Okay. They did completely plausible, very uh, funny reasons why. Uh, then they had like news shows uh, done the way news shows are being done now with so, you know with social distancing and all that. Um, it was all right. They did. Yeah. They did. They pulled off the best they could with the subject matter they were trying to lampoon. Okay. It's worth a watch. I I really like Parks and Rec. I feel like it's one of the sitcoms that's not given enough praise. It really isn't. Um, people, I don't. It's in my opinion, it's it's just as good as The Office. It's better than The, the most Office. Part, yeah. I said and it. Why? Fight why me. aren't? Why don't? Why doesn't it get the love? The I don't know. Gets? I I I it don't. Know. It. I agree. <clears throat> Uh, people with higher IQs tend to stay up later and wake up later. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Vindication! (laughs) It's been proven I'm smarter than all of (laughs) y'all! Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, we have a mutual friend who would get on to Chris and I constantly because we aren't like five o'clock in the morning people. We just don't wake up that early. You need to start your day early. Start your day right. Wake up early and get on a good start. No, I'm smarter than you, and this shows it. Because <laughs> I wake up later. See, I do wake up later, but I do my best work, like, toward the end of the day. Me like too. in the evening. Me too. So, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you had earned $180,000 every day from the day Christ was born until right now, you still wouldn't be as rich as Jeff Bezos. And I did the math to double check this. Like it wasn't one of those things like on the news where yeah. they said <laughs> that Michael Bloomberg could give everybody in America a million dollars or a billion dollars and still have. Anyway. Okay. They were wrong. And they said they were right. Like news, actual news people that we're supposed to trust. Why are you surprised? <laughs> Sheesh. But uh, this was real. This math is, it checks out. Really? It was like $127 billion, and he's worth $132 billion. I that's mean, insane. That's insane. That's a lot of... That means he could have spent $180,000 every day and still had money <laughs> since the day Christ was born. That is insane. <laughs> Wow. Popeyes gave Beyonce a free Popeyes for Life card after they heard about how much she loved their food. Mm-hmm. As how can if I get she, on that? Right? As if she needed a free. Right? Let's give all the people with moolah Listen, a free card. I think y'all just like <laughs> dug yourselves a hole and put yourself in your own grave there. Like, how much money was she spending? And she had it at her disposal. She could spend as much as she wanted there on a regular basis. And if she self-proclaimed loved the food, then you know she was spending your money or her money there. Y'all are dumb. That was dumb. That was a dumb move, Popeyes. Dumb. Uh, All right. uh, We've been doing a show on um, on Back Row Radio on Wednesdays. Started on Thursdays. Moved to Wednesdays. That's always a bad sign. When it's juggling nights. No, I, uh, uh, it's called Celebrating Recovery. And it was, a, it was a show that I was using to focus on recovery topics. And they, it's typically between you know, like 12 and 20 minutes long. However, 
I have come to realize I do not have the time to produce that entire show every week. So instead of abandoning it, I am kind of retooling it to become a weekly, like, two to three minute devotional type thing. Not devotional per se, but just a quick bite that we're going to be playing on the radio station, much like the other ones that we have from Mike and Dooley and Critical Hit from Hector Mira. Uh, I'm going to have my own recovery-focused one that we're going to do instead. And so, in retooling that, we have a few bigger episodes of Celebrating Recovery that we're going to kind of repurpose as segments here on the morning show uh, over the next few months uh, to put them in a place of prominence and then delete them from the old podcast files so we can just have it for what we're going to do in the future. So, that being said... We're going to do the first one, which was my first episode, Live One Day at a Time. Enjoy. It's been said that everybody has two lives here on Earth. And that the second one starts when we realize we only have one. Until we come to that full realization, we are careless or carefree. It's only when something major happens that we come to see that we've been living our lives all wrong, and that something major is usually very hard to live through. But if we go through the pain, we find ourselves coming out the other side of it better than we were before. A few years ago, there came a moment that was especially tough for a friend of mine. Though I don't know him very well, I know him to be an upstanding guy for the most part. One day when he came home from work, he discovered that his wife had moved out and taken the children with her. She moved across the country and already had a house to move into. This day had apparently been a long time coming. So I don't know the details. I don't know how much of the blame lies on either of them. But I do know that in the minutes it took him to walk through his front door and discover he was now alone, he crossed the threshold into his new life. You see, that's the hardest part of the process. Almost everyone who crosses that threshold does it through heartbreak. A broken marriage, the death of someone close, a realization that you've wasted your life, seeing yourself or what you've let yourself become. Some of these things happen to us, some happen because of us, but they all feel like they will destroy us. Mine came with an escort to a police station and the realization that my selfish actions were about to put everything I loved at risk. Some of you might know that feeling, sitting in jail because you did something stupid and selfish vowing that things are going to change. Every year on New Year's Day, a countless number of people start their resolutions to become better people, to get into shape, to read the Bible every day, to finally talk to that girl they have a crush on, to start living their lives right. And unfortunately, that is how they see it. It's supposed to be a total, immediate life change on January 1st. Instead of easing into things, slowly changing their bad habits, they go full force. They go to the gym every day for two hours, they read the Bible every morning, then do a devotional at lunch, and at night they, I mean, you get it. They overcompensate. They set themselves at a pace that they will never be able to keep. And that's why nearly half of New Year's resolutions are given up on within the first two weeks of January every year, and nearly all are given up by the end of February. The same thing applies to those moments in life when we find ourselves at rock bottom. We have the choice to start to change or to just sit there. 
But if we choose to change, we run the same risks if we try to force it too fast as we do not changing at all. If you've hit the point in your life when you know you need to change something about yourself and you desire to do something about it, remember that it is a process. It's not a light switch. It's going to take time to change your routines and your old way of thinking. I mean, the person that you are right now took a long time to become that person. There were a lot of steps, a lot of decisions, a lot of influences, both good and bad, that ultimately made you the person that you are today. And it's taken your entire life to get here. So why do you think that you could just wake up one morning and be a completely different person? It took me almost four solid years to remove one single bad habit of mine with so many relapses and mistakes along the way. Why? Because the habit was only a symptom of a greater problem in my life. It took examination of every aspect of my life, my faith, my relationships, my anger, my mistakes, my willpower, my desires, my childhood, everything before I finally understood myself and my journey well enough to make any real lasting changes to it. You can't just make a sweeping declaration like, I'm never going to drink again. You have to figure out why you drink in the first place. And that is a often long emotional journey of self-discovery and a narrow path to relying on God. And now, as I tackle a different bad habit, overeating, I find that I have to start all over, attacking it through a brand new journey of self-discovery. I've been earnestly trying to beat this thing for years. And up until a few months ago, the only thing I managed to accomplish was to not get any fatter. But now that I've been working on it from all angles, I'm starting to see results. I'm starting to notice how my thinking is changing. I'm starting to automatically make smarter food decisions even when I'm not thinking about it. They just took time to develop. Time, patience, and perseverance. If you want lasting change, you have to fight for it. As time passes, your deliberate efforts to fight your bad habits will become new, better habits, and thus the norm in your life. Before you even realize it, you are more the person you want to be than ever, and your new life will have already begun. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. When my son was eight months old, he was just learning how to stand up by grabbing hold of things. Unfortunately, his balance was terrible. Even while holding on to things, he often tripped over himself and he fell down. And as a stay-at-home dad, it was my job to make sure this kid didn't kill himself between the hours of 8 and 5. And, and I remember those were some trying days. You see, once he was learning to stand up, that's all he wanted to do. And he needed to do so, so he could eventually learn to balance better and soon walk. And unfortunately, since he wasn't good at it, he often hurt himself. I did my best to keep this from happening, as we all do, but he fell so abruptly and without warning that unless I continually stood behind him, ready to catch him, there was no way for me to stop him from falling. So I let him fall, and I did my best to keep him away from the more dangerous areas. 
There were three such areas in our living room that we had difficulty baby-proofing or blocking off, and he was drawn to them constantly. In those areas, though they were safe to stand in, if he fell, he was more likely to bump his head and hurt himself. So most of my days were keeping him away from those areas. But the problem was, once he got fixated on standing in a certain place, he refused to give up. I'd see him go stand in a, a danger zone, I'd run over, and I'd pull him down. and He'd stand back up again, so I'd move him to the play area. Well, he'd crawl right back, so I'd drag him all the way across the room, and he'd beeline again right back to that danger, dangerous area. He'd stand, I'd put him back down over and over and over again. He'd hurt himself if I didn't. But unfortunately, I can't keep protecting him forever. He's going to hurt himself and get hurt by others. A necessity of life is pain. He's still clumsy today. When he falls down and bumps his head and wails in pain, it's hard for me not to cry too. The same thing with my, my littlest boy. A friend of mine told me about a conversation he had with a new dad. And the dad was telling him that babies cry so much. And when they're newborns, you can't always figure out why they're crying. And many times there might not even be a reason. My friend asked him, what do you do when the baby's wailing and you can't figure out a reason why? And the new dad said, man, usually I just cry too. And that's true. When my son Elijah was just a couple months old, there was a stretch of several days where he would cry uncontrollably, and nothing I did would fix it. I'd change his diaper, I'd feed him, burp him, hold him, rock him, give him a binky, give him toys, etc. Nothing would do the trick. And several of those days, by the end of the cycle of trying whatever I could think of, I'd just collapse onto the floor, holding him as tight as I could, and I would cry. Harder than any adult man has any business crying. So now when he's crying, and I know it's because he's in pain, it breaks my heart even more. In the Bible, we see many instances of God crying. Jesus wept. God cried over the plight of his people. And we are called children of God, and oh, how we must look like such children to him. There have been many times in my life where I kept returning to a place where I've been hurt before, be it a bad habit or a broken relationship, thinking that this time I'll be able to handle it, that surely my footing is strong enough, only to be reminded how weak and immature I really am over and over and over again. And while my son wasn't nearly old enough to know better, I am, and yet still, like a dog to his vomit, I return, and I hurt myself, and God cries. He wants me to live well, to not only enjoy the life he's blessed me with to the fullest, but to spread that godly joy to others. But when I decide to devote my time and effort to my habitual sins, I do neither, and I certainly don't grow any wiser. Regardless of our age, we're all still learning to walk, specifically to walk the walk of Christ, to walk in a way that matches our talk, to walk in righteousness, and it's not always easy. We'll never be great at it. We will fall over and over and over again. But it is a necessary part of the process. Fall down, but get back up and try to learn from it. And trust God when he's trying to keep you away from the dangerous areas of the world around you. We all had to learn to walk, and part of that process was falling. 
When we were little, we would stand up with all the confidence of every man or woman who has ever walked, take a step, and fall flat on our faces. It took time. It took effort. It took working through the pain. But eventually, we figured it out. We got there. We just had to take it one step at a time, one day at a time. If you've been in recovery for any length of time, you've heard that phrase, live one day at a time. This is a twofold message. The first is that when we are trying to change a bad habit or overcome an addiction, we have to focus on today and today only. If we look at it like, I can never touch a cigarette again for the rest of my life, well, that can seem like a wall far too tall to climb. But I can't touch a cigarette today. Well, that's a piece of cake. That's hopping over a brick. We can't place these large goals on our path because then we lose sight of the here and now. If we make a goal to be clean for one month and then we slip up on day 23, we are negating all of our victories up to then and judging ourselves a failure. But when your goal is simply 24 hours... We feel we've accomplished something every night as we put our heads on our pillows. And we have. The second message is that we cannot live in the past or worry about the future. When we finally come to admit that we have a problem with a hurt habit or hang-up, we start to see our pasts a lot more clearly. All the times we were wrong and all the times that we wronged others. We start uncovering memories that... We had buried down deep and opening wounds we never let heal properly. There's a certain part of recovery that requires this look into our past, but we cannot live there. When we live in our past, we are continually condemning ourselves, reminding ourselves how lost we are, telling ourselves that we don't deserve freedom or a better life, or worse, that we are so bad God has given up on us for sure. This is not true. It's never true. We also cannot live in the future, worrying about what's coming next. God has already promised to provide for us, told us not to worry. What good does worry do for you anyway? Matthew 6.34 says, So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. That's right, y'all. Live one day at a time is a biblical principle. Words of Jesus. So don't make the mistake of believing that this message is just for those in recovery. These words are for everyone who ever struggles with living in the past, worrying about the future, or setting unrealistic goals, which are almost always doomed to fail. Just focus on today. Today's all you have. Learn from the past, prepare for the future, but live in the here and now. This isn't just a recovery thing. This is a life thing. In a few months, I look forward to going up at Celebrate Recovery and getting my 10-year chip. 10 years clean. But it took me four solid years of my life to get to that last day one. Four years to work recovery before my life changed forever. I had small victories, and my outlook grew better every day, but nothing compares to the day when you can finally say no to your addiction without struggling with the decision. That's true freedom. I mean, true freedom is not really defined by what you're allowed to do. It's defined by what you're able to not do.
It took me so long because I struggled with patience. I struggled to live one day at a time and not rush through the steps. But once I learned to slow down and work each step fully, that is when things started to fall into place. And now I'm learning to do it all over again to overcome my last remaining addiction. (laughs) You want freedom? Work your recovery one day at a time. That is how you will find lasting change. That's how you will learn to stand. That is how you will finally live this one life you've got left as the man or woman God desires for you to be. All right, coming up next, the real issue. What do you call it? Soda? Pop? Coke? And who's right? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Remember, if you only listen to our Back Row Morning shows here, then you're missing the amazing Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music that plays all throughout the shows, as well as all day, every day. Join us for our full three-hour morning shows live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Christian Radio Station for people who hate Christian radio, backrowradio.com. Or download the Live 365 app and favorite Back Row Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've got to discuss a debate that has been raging over on Facebook because nobody else has anything better to do right now. I'm super excited <laughs> about this, I gotta tell you. This was, this was a topic brought at Mo's request because she had thoughts she definitely wanted to spread worldwide. So, here's the deal, America. What do you call soda? You're a carbonated beverage. A carbonated beverage. I call it soda, clearly. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we, we have a map here that distinguishes between the top three choices, which is pop, soda, and then just Coke. Mm-hmm. All sodas fall under the umbrella of Coke. Okay? On this map, it shows us that People in the the north western states, uh, you know, Washington, Oregon, all the way through to Ohio, Michigan, all that, and then above the the Mexico, Arizona, Oklahoma line. Okay, okay. so that section. That's a little, big chunk. Yeah, big chunk, but population wise, not as much. Okay, you know, that's a lot of the. Big area yeah. of, of America. But that whole section, and then the majority of Alaska, which is also a giant chunk, but also a lot of yeah. nothing, <laughs> call it pop. Okay. That's the pop section of America. The South, from basically from D.C. down and all the way over to most of New Mexico, they call it Coke. The majority of people call it Coke. And then soda is in 
the New England, New York area, the California, Arizona, Nevada area, and then a weird little circle right in the middle of Missouri and Illinois, like half and half of that state. <clears throat> but that's that's a soda country. Okay. Okay. So a little more history before we get into the debating and what we think. Language is super weird. But this debate has come up uh, a lot in the past few years. And these are the reasonings that uh, some people call it pop, some people call it soda, some people call it Coke. It's based in ge uh, geography, which is what we were talking about. According to Wikipedia, the first soda fountains appeared in America in New Haven, Connecticut. And soda wasn't necessarily referring to like Coke and whatever it was referring to uh the stuff that they put in malts and and all this other stuff but it was you know the soda fountain and that's where you would find the carbonated beverages <clears throat> so soda became entrenched in the vocabulary of east coasters as early as 1863 however coke became the general generalized names for the carbonated beverages in the south and southeast because coca-cola originated in the south makes perfect sense so pop where did pop come from? The story goes that pop got its name from the sound that's made when you remove the uh, the, mm -hmm. the the cap. Called cap, yeah, cap off of a bottle of soda. Uh, maybe if there hadn't been innovations like the soda fountain or Coca Cola in other parts of the country, we'd all still be using the onomatopoeia to refer to our soft drinks. So those are the three most widely trusted. Uh, theories of where those names came from. But when it comes to choosing which one should be correct and should be the standard, that's where the debate comes in. Mm -hmm. So we had a friend, uh, we'll just call her out, Gerilyn Boydston. We had a friend <laughs> post uh, a meme. It was the, 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 the lady, lady yelling the at the cat yeah. meme thing. And it was, you know, there are sodas, pop. And then someone added a cat in front of a Texas flag saying Cokes. Cokes, yeah. And I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I kind of left it at that. I'm like, that's dumb. Mo, on the other hand, had a whole argument prepared, which I chose not to read all of because I wanted to hear most of I it fresh. I didn't go on my Facebook <laughs> No, I'm not saying you went much. nuts. I'm just saying you presented a whole case. Yeah. So, because I saw multiple comments. This was a discussion in this thing. So I want to hear what you have to say, Mo. Which one is right? Which one is very wrong? So to me, soda is right. Okay. I, and the reason that it's right, I could even go as far as if you want to say soft drinks, okay, fine, you can say soft drinks. If you want to say cola, fine, cool, cola. I'm okay with that. And really, I'm not even against, for or against pop. I can understand the rationale. And if you're from this region, sure, pop, you have earned your right to say pop if that's what you want to call it. But for certain, 110,000%, it is never and should ever be classified as a Coke, as Cokes. <laughs> and the reasoning is, and I've, I've got to tell you, I had this like moment of realization, like the, a true epiphany. The reasoning 
is that there's Pepsi and there's Coke. There's Dr. Pepper, there's Sprite, there's Mountain Dew, there's 7-Up, there's Sierra Mist. There's Fanta, there's oh, root beer. All if you ask me, do you want a Coke? I am going to assume, rightfully so, that you are asking me if I want a Coca-Cola with the polar bears and the red label <laughs> originating in the southeast. That is what I am thinking you are referring to. I do not think that you are offering me a Mountain Dew or a 7-Up. An option of sodas. Right. You are offering me a Coca-Cola. <clears throat> now, somebody on there was arguing. I don't know if they were arguing with you or arguing with someone else. But someone was making the argument that uh, I go to a restaurant, I say I want a Coke, and they ask me what kind. And I tell them. And I'm sitting here thinking, I live in the same town as you. I have lived in... What is known as Coke Country here mm-hmm. in this in this map, mm-hmm. my entire life, my mother has always ordered a Coke every time we've gone to a restaurant. Not once have I ever heard her order a Coke and the waitress respond, "What, what kind? kind?" Yeah, never. <laughs> and to be totally honest, if you offer me a Coke and then say what kind, I'm gonna look at you like you're dumb. <laughs> if I wanted a diet kind? Coke. I, w- I would say Diet Coke. Yes. If I wanted a Coke, Coke zero, zero, I would zero say sugar. Coke. Exactly. But if I say I want a Coke, I want a Coca-Cola. Right. 100%. And there really, to me, is no valid argument for it. Right. There, is, just, no, there is no valid argument for calling all soda Cokes. There's none. Absolutely zero. Not. But what has me so baffled is knowing that so many of our Texan friends... Mm-hmm. Stand by, you know how those Texans are. They stand by <laughs> that it's all called Cokes. And now I'm wondering back, like all the times that I've gone to Kevin and Kara's house or I've gone to either of their family's homes, any of our other Texas friends, those are just the people that I think of first, um, and they've offered me a Coke, I've just always said yes because I prefer Coke. Mm. I prefer Coca-Cola. <laughs> but were they offering me something else? And I just didn't take them up on that opportunity. <laughs> I'm so, I don't, I'm. Would I'm, you like a Coke and nothing else? I'm truly <laughs> baffled by it. I'm kind of, I, I don't know. And I think, I think back to like, you know, Chris is a Mountain Dew person. I'm a Coke person. He's a Mountain Dew person. And so typically when he orders a, a, a soda, he will say Mountain Dew, not Coke, what kind. Mountain Dew. Matt is going through enough. our trash I'm can. Old bottles of soda <laughs> to see if it says. I could have sworn they used to say like soft drink or something on them. Yeah. But I'm not seeing that on this or the other one. Carbonated beverage. I don't say anything like that. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So that, uh, truthfully, that is my <coughs> biggest argument. I'm okay. I'm not going to call you out if you say soft drink. I'm not going to call you out if you say pop. I am 100%. Pop weirds me out. Like, I don't have a problem with it, but whenever I hear someone say I'll have a pop, it's like. You want me to smack you? Are you, you from oh, the 50s? Like, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And I, this goes back to, I think, man, was it two years ago maybe that I had this whole long discussion about how you can be raised in a certain area, but if your parents were raised in, in a different region, it doesn't matter that you were raised in the southeast. You're going to have a lot of uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of the things that you say. A lot of, um, yeah, regional dialect yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, that's going to come yeah. from, from your upbringing, from your parents. My parents were both raised in the Maryland area, but I was raised in North Carolina. So according to this map here, I should be saying Cokes. Yeah. You ain't ever going to catch me saying Cokes. <laughs> Sorry for you. So the uh, there's actually a website called popversussoda.com, and yeah. that's where that map comes from. And they also take, um, if you call it something else, what do you call it? Yeah. So they have a list now of like the top alternate responses. Okay. So the top one uh, is soft drink. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think that's, I think I might call them, I, I think I might call sodas soft drinks just as often as I call it sodas. Yeah. Like, that seems interchangeable to me. And it also shows you, like, where the votes are. And it seems pretty widespread. Like, it's not a specific it's not area. That's like based. A lot of people are just like, it's a soft drink. Let's yeah. just stop arguing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I saw the history for that. In that hard drink was known to be alcoholic. It's yeah. going to have alcohol in it. Whereas a soft drink is just also a carbonated beverage. Also some so- other than water. Yeah. A beverage other than water. But it's not but alcoholic. Fun. Uh, so there is uh, the next one. The second list of the others is tonic. Oh, goodness. And that seems to be mostly specific to Massachusetts. Okay. Because most of the votes by hundreds and hundreds of votes come from Massachusetts. And then the next one is New Hampshire, which is in the same area, uh, and Maine. So, yeah, it's a largely largely uh, New England thing. But now isn't tonic... Just the carbonation? I think so. Okay. But I, I guess that's just what they but single me, out as a part of it. Is to me, that would be beverage. like saying Coke. You want, I want tonic. Okay, well then what kind of tonic do you want? Do you know what I mean? That then See, leaves... I think it would cause another problem because there is, you can order tonic water, which is just carbonated water. And yeah. so if someone came and ordered tonic, I would assume they wanted carbonated water. Yeah. Which is what... I've seen people who do that. Also, I don't know why. It's disgusting by itself. But there, when I worked at a fast food place, we had a lot of people that would come in and just order carbonated water. I'm like, okay, then. You're dime. You're right? Because <laughs> you have to pay for it at that point. It's yeah. not free. <laughs> okay. Soda water without the fun, you know, flavor yeah. part, you know, whatever. Uh, soda pop, like a connection of soda and pop, was the third choice. Mm-hmm. And. That also I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. That also kind of sounds 50s, though. It does. It's the pop part. Soda pop. Like, I like a soda pop. Uh, all right. Uh, apparently 50s and British. British and Brit- 50s and British and British. 50s. <laughs> <laughs> British and 50s. Uh, like a soda pop, please. Uh, uh, drink. Just drink is also the next one. It's like you want to drink. Yeah. And when I thought about that more, I'm like, yeah. If ever I'm actually saying that, I'm usually offering, like, something besides water. I'm not, like, offering, you want some of my orange juice or milk. I'm like, you want a drink? As in, you want a soda? Something like that? See, now, a couple of my friends from the area that I grew up in, they Mm -hmm. said, drink. We just say drink. And I kind of got to thinking, okay, but if I were to go to your home, like, when we were kids, if I was to go over to my friend Jamie's house and her mom said, you want a drink... I'm assuming that also encapsulates juice or milk or chocolate milk or whatever the the refrigerator has, any kind of drink, I'm allowed to have it if she's offering it to me. 
right? Yeah. So when you're considering just a carbonated beverage, I don't think that drink falls in there. I, I mean, right? no, I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying that it makes sense, yeah. more sense or anything. I am just saying that I, I do understand how people could tend to use that in that manner, for the same uh, reasoning that you had with soft drink and hard drink. Mm-hmm. Is that the term drink? in my mind, tends to actually, like, bring up specific things. Okay. And I think that if I drank more, like, beer or maybe more spirits and mm-hmm. something like that, I might think that. As I grow up, I might yeah. think that with the word drink. Yeah. But for someone who avoids that, soft drinks is what normally comes to my mind. Yeah. Because I don't call milk drink. You know, I don't say, I'm going to get a drink. I never say... I'm going to go get a drink when I'm talking about milk. I say, I'm going to get some milk. You know what I mean? I don't say, I'm going to get a drink and pour orange juice. I say, I'm going to get some OJ, you know? Now, I I will say, like, about water. I'm going to get a Mm -hmm. drink real quick because I'm thirsty kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But if I'm offering a drink, like, you want some water. You know, you want a bottle of water. I don't ever say, you want a drink and expect someone to say water. You know? It's just, just something that I realized about myself. Yeah. I don't know if it's across the board but. And I just think back to, like, hosting things. You want something to drink? You got milk, water, soda. What do you want? You know? I don't know. Now, what makes less sense is that the next one on here is Pepsi. As in calling all drinks Pepsi. Pepsi. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Cokes makes more sense than calling everything Pepsi. Did you say that there it shows where? Yeah. So is that more North Carolina? It is. Yeah. North Carolina is the number one state. Yeah. <laughs> so is that where Pepsi comes from? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Pepsi originated in <laughs> North Carolina. And so for me, growing up, I can I remember a lot of friends saying Pepsi. And but my home was a Coke home. You know, my parents <laughs> This family's a Coke family. <laughs> they were. They only drank Coca Cola, Diet Coke, like that was it. Doctor Pepper. Me of that. That Parks and Rec episode, you want some red vines? We're a Twizzlers family. Yep. That was exactly how it was in our home. So whenever we would go, I would go to a friend's house and they would offer me a Pepsi. I'd be like, oh, no, I like Coke. And they're like, oh, well, we've got Coke too. Well, then why did you say Pepsi? (laughs) This has been like a lifelong debate for me, apparently. (laughs) I forgot that. That that was part of my answer there uh, about the... If I go and order a Coke, the only question I've ever heard a waitress respond with after I'd like a Coke is, is Pepsi okay? Yeah. Not, what kind of Coke would you like? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so this one seems obvious to me, but cola. Yeah. Why don't more people say cola? I don't know. I mean, I know technically cola, I think, refers to a specific kind of soft drink. Like the, the, the style of soft drink that Coke and Pepsi and RC Cola okay. are. But I don't think that people know that enough as a rule. Yeah. That it would keep them from saying it more often. I feel like cola should be right up there with soda and right. soft drinks. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, why why not? Why yeah. isn't it? It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Let's see some of the other ones. Uh, fizzy drink. Uh, okay. That sounds <laughs> very 50s to me. And British. Uh, okay. A sodi. Uh, <laughs> a sodi. Is that like Pennsylvania? Uh, Florida. No, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Illinois. Oh, okay. Illinois, Missouri, 
Let's see. A carbonated beverage. <laughs> That's for our proper friends. <laughs> it's a New York right there. Uh, some people call it a fizzy. A fizzy? Yeah. It's like a fizzy. That seems British. That sounds British to me. Do you like a fizzy? Yeah, that sounds British. Mm-hmm. But it also yeah. sounds like I'm going to drop an Alka-Seltzer in your drink. <laughs> like... um, yeah, yeah. That seems all. And the rest of these seem to be very uh, localized or okay. specific to families. Yeah. And then a lot of it is just trolling that they've done on this website. <laughs> of course. Uh, so my argument is, okay, <laughs> if we were, you know, we can say that it's regionally based and depending on where you live is the correct answer, this and that, blah, blah, blah. No. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Think of our Indian friends, right? Our friends who are from India. Okay. Who live in the area. Think of the other ones. Oh Got my it. goodness. Got it. <laughs> um, and d- English in and of itself is such a difficult and complex language. We're just making it even more difficult. When our friends go to a restaurant and they go to order a drink of some sort, if they ask for a Coke and the waitress says what kind, I'm pretty sure our friends who are not from the area are going to be thrown for a pretty big loop. <laughs> to me, if someone from another country cannot come visit and and easily order a beverage of their choosing within a restaurant, something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm just saying. Right. It ain't Cokes, people. So, so you and I agree. It's soda. It's soda. And anybody who says it's not is wrong. Pretty I mean, much. it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I mean, we're not going to... But see, here's the thing for me. There is a level, like there are levels to your wrongness. Okay? Soda and cola, soft drinks, I'm fine with. Whatever. If you say soda, you've earned brownie points. If you say soft drinks or cola, you're cool. Soda's like the A+. plus. Yeah. Soft drink, cola, cola we'll you're getting you an A. a at least. Exactly. Exactly. Um... Homie, if you say pop, I'm going to know right away where you're from. (laughs) I'm going to judge you slightly because you're no longer in that area and you're still saying pop. (laughs) But if you say Cokes and you expect me to give you a Mountain Dew, (laughs) chances are we might brawl. And yes, Kara, that means you. (laughs) I will only give you Coke forever. Forever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. I'm sure I've brought this up on the show in the past, but not in this segment. So I'm going to use it. Uh, now's a good time for you to pick up a book. And I'm going to recommend Ted Dicker. De- Ooh. Ted Decker's Circle Trilogy. I was jumping to the trilogy sound as I 
Val sound? Uh, whatever. Ted Decker's Circle Trilogy. Black, red, and white. Those are the three books. Those are the titles. There's also a book called Green that came later that was supposed to try and actually complete the circle and it would work as either the first book or the last book of the series, which you could read it in either place, uh, which is an in interesting concept. I personally don't think it worked as well as others do, um, but those first three books work just fine as a complete series as they originally were. Uh, but you do you, boo boo. But those are those are my favorites. Uh, really good books, though. You F do you, boo boo. Fantastic story. <sighs> Mo, I I commend your ability to keep your your dang mouth shut <laughs> during, that, <laughs> during that section. My mistake. You're welcome. <laughs> it's an aspect of me that I'm sure you were not. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I made that flow, I'm like, well, here goes the whole show. Here it goes. Go. In the drain. Let's close out our show with our Bible verse for the day. Bible verse for the day comes from Isaiah 49, 15 through 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you Church Nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps, and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows. The podcast of our throw back thursday episodes are reserved for our patreon donors as well as other bonus content and incentives if you listen to back row radio and want to support the work that we do please consider partnering with us by going to backrowradio.com partner any size donation will get you our private podcast feed that's it for the show the best of matt and mo tomorrow morning and then we'll be back thursday we hope you will too once again i'm matt and i'm mo remember that jesus loves you you don't order a coke and get a sprite and if you see us around we'd love a side hug bye